I trust you have been blessed by the words of inspiration and encouragement. It is the goal of First Assembly to minister to you at your point of need, to bring people to Jesus, to develop them to Christ-like maturity, and equip them for life. This is a place of worship, study, service, and fellowship. Come and worship and magnify the Lord with us at 1107 East 11th Street, where there is a place for you. I can only imagine 
We need to keep the strength that we have gained. Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians 6 and 10, it says, Be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with Him. Draw your strength from Him, that strength which His boundless might provides. If we're going to conquer the temptations that come against us, we must develop a strength that does not cave in, does not change when temptations occur. We must have an inner strength, a strength that is sustained and powered by God, not by our own strength or by our own physical ability. Your stamina is going to wear down. The Bible tells us that even the young men will grow weary and they will faint. We know that we are fighting a spiritual battle that is to the death. And we know that the battles that we're in are coming from the devil. Satan is the author of your, your temptation. Satan is relentless in his appeal to our weakness. And every one of us have weaknesses. Yours is different than mine. Mine is different than yours. Just about the time I get strong enough in one area that Satan is no longer fighting me there, there's another weakness that arises in my life. He keeps coming back. And he comes back in so many different disguises. The persistent nature of his attack. If we're going to be an overcomer in this life, we must keep our strength. Philippians 1 and verse 6. Again, I want to read from the Amplified. Philippians 1 and 6, and it says, And I am convinced and sure of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, right up to the time of his return, developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. You see, that's what God has intended in your life. God never has intended that you ever have a time where your strength fails and that you're not able to make it. And He has given us this sure word that He who has begun this new work or this good work in you is going to keep on doing it right up until the moment that the trumpet of God sounds and He carries us out of this world. See, God wants to develop spiritually strong, victorious, overcoming believers. Both the world and the church need strong men and women. We need strong men and women who cannot be bought. 
whose word is their bond, who put character above wealth, who possess opinions. We need some people with some opinions and a will. People who are larger than their vocations, who do not hesitate to take chances, who will not lose their individuality in a crowd, who will be as honest in small things as they are in great things, who will make no compromise with wrong. We need strong people whose ambitions are not confined to their own selfish desires. We need strong people who will not say they they do it simply because somebody else is doing it. They do it because it is their own heart's conviction. We need strong people who are true to their friends through good report and through evil report, in adversity and in prosperity. We need strong people... We do not need people who believe that shrewdness, cunningness, and hard-heartedness are the best qualities for winning success. We are not ashamed to take a stand and we're not afraid of the consequences. We are people, strong people, who say no and we're willing to stand for what we have said. And we will say yes, and yes means yes to us. You have to see yourself as a conqueror. You have to be that kind of person. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments. We don't enter into arguments. We demolish arguments. And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We do that. If you will learn them. And let them become a part of... We are not waging war simply because our personality is strong. A strong-willed personality may be good in some cases, but it's not simply a strong-willed personality that's going to give you the ability to live in victory and to be an overcomer. In the day that you and I are living in, we have a lot of people, a lot of the population today see themselves as a victim. We live with a lot of people who have the victim mentality. Their posture in life is always on the defense. They're waiting for the next blow. They, they know how to react, but they don't know how to act. We need to become actionary in our life. Our posture needs to change so that we as the children of God are taking a stand for God and that we are moving with God and with God's power. If we're going to live differently in this world, We have to correct our vision. In 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 7, the Old Testament prophet Samuel thinks he's found Saul, King Saul's replacement. He is very excited because he is looking at Jesse's eldest son, Eliab. Eliab was very impressive. He was good looking. He was handsome. His size was right. He was muscular. Everything about him said this man could be king. And the Lord got involved in that and the Lord said something directly to Samuel. Listen to what the Lord said. Verse 7. The Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, 
for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at things like man looks. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. We need to develop an eyesight that is different than the way that people look. Because if we are stuck at looking at things simply as human beings, we will make the wrong decision. We need our vision corrected. Our natural tendency in life, every one of us, is to focus on the external, to see the, the things around us and how they appear and what they are, how they are affecting us at that particular point. We are overly impressed with what we see. I know seeing is one of our five senses. And because it is one of our five senses, because we only have five, when one of our sensory perceptions is very strong that that's what we're seeing, we buy into it. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 8 says, God is speaking. He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. If you have been born again, you need to adjust your thinking, to start thinking like a child of God. You need to adjust the way that you see things in life and start seeing things in life, not with natural vision, but with supernatural vision. Now, don't, don't misunderstand me. I think some people are trying to spiritualize everything and they're trying to see something that is not there. What I'm saying to you is you need to start looking at the circumstances, the battles that you're facing, the temptations that you're facing, life in general with a viewpoint that God is looking at it with rather than the way that men or you would naturally look upon those circumstances or events. Many times in life, we as born-again Christians have no differing opinion about the things that are going on than the people of the world. We look at the circumstances and the situation and our perspective of life is, I'm too weak to face this. I've faced too many things in life to face something else. I have gone through too much today. My ability to take anything else is gone. I am at a point to be overcome. Too much has happened. I am not able to make it. That's the way that you will start looking at life. But God says, I have created you to be overcomers in this world. God has not chosen you and set you apart and called you unto himself to be a defeated person. The reason many people lose the battle with temptation is they have the wrong perspective. They're looking at things wrong. When you see things through God's perspective, it softens the blow of the calamity. It makes the tragedy and the loss look a little bit differently if you can only see things the way that God sees them. We need to gain a new perspective of life. A new perspective of who we are, what we are, and where we're going, and why things are happening the way that they are. You need to start seeing yourself as an overcomer. Start picturing yourself in your own mind as an individual who 
is not defeated, but that you have survived and that you are overcoming and that you have overcome and that through Jesus Christ, you will continue to be an overcomer. See yourself as a victor. If you see yourself as defeated, friend, you're going to be defeated. A major step beyond vision is my point number two. It's determination. Determination involves the discipline to remain consistent regardless of the circumstances. Many people today have the idea in life that if you don't succeed, try something else. How many of you have ever tried a diet to lose weight? How many of you have ever tried another diet to lose weight? Point well taken. That's the way we are about so many things in life. If we're not careful, our whole life will be in that sense and we will lose lose the perspective or the ability to be determined to accomplish anything we are like these bumper cars have you ever gone to to a place where they had these bumper cars do you know what a bumper car is you get in them and you 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 you're driving and you go there but something hits you and all of a sudden you're going that direction and you say okay I'm going to go there and just about the time you get a direction going and you've got a a paradigm set you've got your map set you've got your road plan set something else hits you and you say well I'm going this other way and that's the way that so many people are in life they do not have enough determination that regardless of what hits them that they're going to persevere and they're going to succeed in what it is they are they have set their goal to accomplish you're going to conquer your temptations you have to have determination nothing works like determination it's stick to your ambitions refuse to be discouraged never let disappointment or or discouragement get the upper hand of your life we have got to learn how to be tough Now, I know that some people get tough about some things, but they don't get tough about the right things. You see, in life, too many times we do what is natural. And when it comes hard to come by, we don't do it. I've I've heard so many people say, I'm going to stop doing that. You can fill in the blank because we've all said it right after you say it. Sometimes the, the words have not even got out of your mouth until you're doing it again. And you say, this is so silly. Come on, you can do it. But we vacillate and do what comes naturally to us. See, determination is we do it when it's hot and we do it when it's cold. We do it when we feel good and we do it when we feel bad. We do it all of the time. We keep on doing it regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what may happen. And we don't give up doing it because we have a little bit of a problem doing it. Determination. A man in Texas had two top-notch bird dogs. He had a backyard that was fenced in, and that's where he kept his two setters, bird dogs. One morning, an ornery little vicious looking bulldog came shuffling and snorting down the alley and found a little place underneath the fence and crawled under to where the two setters the man who owned the two setters said I I better put my dogs away or they're going to kill this little dog and then he thought about it a little bit more and he said let's see what happens so the two setters just pounced on the the little bulldog and pretty soon there was bulldog hair flying everywhere 
and it wasn't it didn't last a whole long time and the little bulldog ran back to the hole and ran under and licked his wounds and whimpered a few times and ran down the alley next day about the same time the little bulldog came back and punched his head under the hole and crawled back in where the two setters were and and once again, the dogs got into a, a tuffle and, and the little bulldog once again got, got all beaten up and uh, ran back to the hole and uh, whimpered and licked its wounds and ran back down the alley. Next day, about the same time, the little bulldog came back to the hole and climbed back under the hole and the dogs had another round with it. This went on for several days and Finally, one day, the, the, the little bulldog came back and went under the hole. And as soon as it did, the two setters ran down into the basement whimpering and, and, and whining. They had beat the bulldog every day, but the bulldog had some determination about him. It didn't matter how many wounds he had, he was coming back. He was going to claim that backyard. He was going to have the victory over that thing. You see, I think that's what we've got to determine. We've got to get to a place in our life that it doesn't matter what we face, what comes against us, however the enemy attacks us, how good we feel or how bad we feel. I don't do it because I feel like doing it. I do it because I know I've got to do it. What does determination have to do with keeping your strength? I want to talk to you about Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb were part of the 12 spies that went into Canaan land, the promised land. Forty days later, they returned to the group with their testimony. The majority of them, in fact, ten of them, panicked because they saw all of the giants and the fortified cities in the land and they said you know it is truly just like what God said it was it is a beautiful land it is a wonderful land but there is absolutely no way that we are going to be able to go in and dispossess those people of the land and take it but these two men were determined they said we are well able we should go up at once and possess the land Joshua and Caleb were surrounded by a, a, a majority of their peers who said you are silly you guys don't know what you're talking about did not you see the giants didn't you see the walls didn't you see how terrible everything is over there but they stood their ground here's what they said numbers chapter 14 and verse 8 and 9 it said they are talking if the Lord is pleased with us he will lead us into the land a land flowing with milk and honey and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will swallow them up. Listen to their faith. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. They, they had the audacity. Can you imagine anyone to have the audacity of faith to go ahead and trust God regardless of what you see in the land? Does it pay to trust God in bad circumstances? When Joshua and Caleb refused to change their mind, when they refused to give up on God, when they refused to be like everyone else, two things happened. You see them in Numbers 14 and verse 10. First thing that happened, it says the whole assembly talked about stoning them. That's number one. The second thing that happened, and this is very important, 
Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the Israelites. You need to understand any time that you take a determined stand for God that you're going to face some opposition, the enemy of your soul will rise, raise somebody up who will fight you. But you need to know that God has not forsaken His people. He is faithful to His people. You need to put those words in your mind and in your heart when things get rough, when things get tough, but God is big enough, but God is strong enough, but God is faithful enough but God is with me but God has not abandoned me let God be your source and your strength second Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 says the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment God knows how to deliver his people you know God always knows how to show up just in time he works on a different clock than you do, but he's always on time. He's never late. It may be at a different schedule than what you had planned, but God is never late for you. What happened to Joshua and Caleb? They had a different spirit all through the wilderness wanderings. If you could have walked with them, you would have seen them watch people fall by the wayside in the desert. All of their generation of people died in the wilderness because they didn't believe. But Joshua and Caleb made it all of the way into the promised land. Why weren't Joshua and Caleb numbered among the people that were doomed? They had a faith in God and they refused to give up. They determined within themselves, we're going to believe God. We're going to trust God. And we are not going to allow the circumstances or the situation or the number of years that we wait. Let those things deter us in any way. We are going to keep on believing God. Caleb is 85 years old. He's still determined. He gets to this place of the promised land. He's still full of strength. He said, he said that my strength is just like it was when I went in and spied out the land. He's 85 years old. And he says, there's a mountain over here that a bunch of giants have claimed for their, their own. I want that mountain. Give me that mountain as my possession. And Caleb, at 85 years old, determined, full of strength, went and claimed that that he had seen before. What happened to Joshua? Did Joshua end as well as Caleb? Joshua chapter 23 verse 6. It says, Be strong, be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. Do not associate with these nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them. Joshua is telling this congregation of millions of people, we've made it this far. It's not time to give up on God. Keep on holding on to your faith. Then Joshua made a personal statement that related to him and to his family in verse 14 and verse 15. He said to his family and to these people, Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your forefathers. Your forefathers worship beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your forefathers on the other side of the river, the God of the Amorites 
in whose land you are living. But as for me, he says, and my house, we will serve the Lord. Here is a man, after all of those years of wandering, after all of those years of testing and trial and temptation, after all of those people who had forsaken God, he keeps holding on to the Lord his God and says, I still believe in God. If you're going to conquer your temptation and keep your strength, you have to keep your confession. Many people lose the battle when they start saying something that is contradictory to what God has said is going to happen. You see, defeat is first seen in us when we start saying things. Now, I know that a lot of people misunderstand what I just said. You don't get it because you speak it, but you speak it because God has said it and you possess it through Him. Speaking it alone does not bring it into existence in your life. But we must speak in accord with what God is doing and what God has promised. And if, we, if our speech, if our conversation is contradictory to the Word of God, friends, you might as well expect that you're going to have bad results. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14. The Amplified Version says, Inasmuch then as we have a great high priest who has already ascended and passed through the heavens, Jesus Christ, the Son, Son of God, let us hold fast our confession of faith in Him. You see, we've got to keep holding on to Jesus through our confession. That means the words that you speak, the things that you say, have got to be in accord with what it is that the Lord is doing in your life. If our faith in Jesus Christ is the basis for an overcoming and victorious life, then we need to start saying, Jesus Christ is giving me the victory. I am an overcomer through the Lord Jesus Christ. The cross of Jesus Christ has defeated sin and has defeated Satan, and I am going to overcome. I am an overcomer. I am overcoming right now in Jesus name you see it's on account of him that we overcome don't ever get this confused in your mind it's not on account of you it's on account of him it's what he has done and we are laying claim to what Jesus has done in our life Romans 8 and verse 37 says no in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us Colossians 2 and verse 15. There Christ defeated all powers and forces. He let the whole world see them being led away as prisoners when he celebrated his victory. And 2 Peter 2 and 9. The Lord knows how to rescue the godly who are a child of God. It brings no glory to God and it does not help you or your testimony for you to always be defeated and cowed down and run over and constantly the victim. God wants you to rise up in strength. I trust you have been blessed by the words of inspiration and encouragement. It is the goal of First Assembly to minister to you at your point of need, to bring people to Jesus, to develop them to Christ-like maturity and equip them for life. This is a place of worship, study, service, and fellowship. Come and worship and magnify the Lord with us at 1107 East 11th Street, where there is a place for you.